It's Thursday, August 29th, 2019, and you're listening to episode 522 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is one hour and three minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. My name's Chad. And I'm Dale. All right, so before we get into our main topic, Jonathan Bellino. I'm guessing a little bit on the pronunciation of the last name, but hey, people's names don't come with a pronunciation guide, and given what I've lived through with mine, I, you know, I've, I've earned this. <laughs> he was asking a question on Facebook that I thought was kind of fun, because we talked about this once, because Chad was maybe two episodes ago or last episode, I don't know. That was like three years ago. Sure. <laughs> Well, that's kind of the point. It was 13 years ago. Oh, oh, I definitely. You were talking about more recently that we ought to kind of revisit some of those topics we did like 13 years ago. And one of the ones we talked about was things that really annoy us at the table. And there was a topic that I brought up in there that Jonathan kind of hit on. 13 years ago you brought up? or Yes, yes, oh, yes. Okay, gotcha. So 13 years ago I brought this up, and it fell under something that Jonathan brought up, which was he was asking if people have rules for the dice at their table. All right? Now, I always put mine on the lowest numbers. Because I am no, 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 not superstitions, not dice voodoo. Oh, oh, yeah. you're talking about if they roll off the yeah, table, yeah, yeah. Do we count I'm it talking, or not? Yes, yeah. I'm talking about rules. I'm not talking gotcha. about dice voodoo. Yeah, there it, were some crazy stories coming out of that thread. Yeah, some and of them were. For me, it's simple. If it rolls off the table, you get to re-roll it. If it's like hits something and it's on an edge, re-roll it. That's all I need rule wise. Well, yeah, all right. So one of the things that was coming out of this was some pretty messed up stuff. Like there was one guy who said his game master does not allow them to shake the dice at all. You basically pick it up, drop it. If you hold it at all, like that's a problem to him. Now, what that reminded me of... I really wish that we could show both Dale and I's facial expression when you said that, because that's crazy. That is crazy talk. I'm censoring myself right now. (laughs) Well, he had that rule. He had the, you can't roll... Until it's time to actually do... That's apparently a bigger rule. It's like some people have that you can't sit there and roll dice on your I would own. have a rule with that group of that dude doesn't get to run games anymore. So Yeah, seriously. I mean, like, I'll just sometimes pick up a die and just roll it in my hand. Just keep shaking it, anticipating the next time I'm going to roll. I mean, I'll do it for like five, ten minutes before it even happens. Just as like as a nervous, I'm anticipating this happening. I'll occasionally roll something to help me decide. High, I do this. Low, I do that. I can't decide which one I want to do more. Okay. I'll be sitting there, role-playing, watching, listening, doing something, whatever. And then I'll look down. I know I've been doing something with my hand. And I look down and I see that I have stacked my dice in various forms and architectures that I wasn't even thinking about. So, responding to this guy's thread, I was trying to think through what are my dice rules. And I have seven. Good God. All right. Wow. Now, none of this should surprise you guys. Yeah. Probably not, but no. that seems like a lot. Number five was the one that we talked about like 13 years ago. Okay, wait, wait. Dice bullet. Are you going to go, you're going to start with one and go through seven, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 And so, are these, I, I have another question about no, no, your, your rank. Are they ranked like no. one is, no, no. oh, it's no big deal. And seven is you're fired out of a cannon. No, no, okay. no, no, no. These are just, all right. No, all right. And, and I'm also, I didn't get into any of the, a courtesy type stuff like if you're playing on somebody's brand new 
wooden table. Right. Please don't bring your... This is my soft yeah. cedar wood unfinished table that's 300 years old. I'm bringing oh, my metal dice. Yeah, hey, I got my uranium dice that yeah. are extra pointy and I'm, yeah, you know, I'm touchdown punting them. Dick dickwad brings in his depleted uranium mm-hmm. caltrip D4s and throws them at your table, which I have seen, I mean, not the depleted uranium part, right. but I have seen people... Th- take chunks out of table with their metal dice. All right, so here's my seven rules. And I don't think you guys will disagree with these, but I could be wrong. All right. It, it seems like a lot, but... Number one... I don't think we'll disagree. I think we won't care about it. <laughs> no, I, th- I, I, I could be wrong, but I it's think... It's like you know me, Wayne. <laughs> All right, number one, cock dice or re-roll. All sure, right. sure. Yeah. So sure. if you... Cannot is it a seven or is it a seven or an eight or a yeah. twelve or a one? Well, let's re-roll it. Yeah, yeah. precisely. You know, even if it's like mostly one number, mm-hmm. you know, if it's cocked more than a couple degrees off, we're going to re-roll it. But I would say the sort of caveat to that is: Can I pound the table with a thump and it becomes uncocked with one thump? Then it's not cocked anymore. We'll go with the roll. But that's just if I feel like slamming my fist on the table. Number two, and this one I think really is not a rule so long as we are consistent. Mm. But since groups don't tend to have a consistency, if a die falls from the table, it's re-rolled. Yeah. That okay. works. So if a die hits the floor, you re-roll it. The, the only time I break that is if it's a crit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Believe me, I, I've never even gained with you, but I know. That's why. In my true take on that is I don't care which way we go. But however it goes the first time, it goes every time. What if... If we play it off the floor once, we play it off the floor for the rest of that campaign. And I I, I agree with that. All jokes aside, I agree with that. I think that if you have carpeting, then... You yeah. cannot say yeah. no we're gonna yeah. we're gonna take the roll that's on the floor. It's just not gonna happen. Now, if you have yeah. hardwood floors, whatever, but or low now, tag. This is one that I apply inconsistently because I tend to use it if something hits the floor, but not if something's cocked. And even then, if something hits the floor, I don't always use it. So actually, I, I don't know that I stand by this one. But number three is if the dice are directly dependent on each other. So we're talking like a 2d6 skill check. One is on the floor, one isn't. One is on the floor. If you have to re-roll one, you re-roll both. Okay, so... this one, I'm going to be honest, I'm not real consistent with. No, I think you should be, and here's why. And it it actually goes back to why the roll on the floor should always be re-rolled. We can very easily say, oh, well, people like Dale, they get a a nat 20 and it's on the floor, but if they get a one, oh, we're re-rolling it. Okay, yeah, yeah, we've all been there, we've all done that, we all know people like that, whatever. Actually, the real reason is because maybe Dale takes every number 1 through 20, when it's on the floor, he takes it. But Wayne does not, and say we have a small table and a whole bunch of people, and we've gamed for months and months and months, and it happens, and then somebody rolls a dice and it falls on the table, and we don't remember if this person is one who rolls on the table or off, and everyone's Total. really excited and super. Well, I, like my I, rules are never per person. It's no, no, no. It, per, well, it's whatever so, the table does. Like the whole I, table. Oh, you know, like I said, that's why yeah. you have to keep it per table because even if you don't have people quote cheating or gaming it, yeah, it's like you need to have that consistency. That is why the rule of two d six one on the floor 
you have to pick a consistent rule for that because it's the same thing. Yeah, I don't care which one it is. Yeah, it doesn't matter which one it is, yeah. but it has to be consistent, and it has to be consistent with rule number two. It, it Otherwise, was, people will forget and make mistakes. And my weird yeah. thing with that is when I use that rule, it's only if they're dependent. So, like, if it's 2d6 added together, it's like a Battletech skill check, then I treat them as if they were one die. But mm. if we're talking like a 5d6 fireball where four of the dice hit the table and one falls, but the fifth die really doesn't have anything, you know, directly to do with the others. They're sort of, I mean, I know you add them up. Yeah, but it, it, it's like somebody who's not Wayne rolls a whole bunch of sixes and the one that's on the floor is a one and half of the stuff on the table would have killed the guy anyway. Yeah. It's, Are we going to? I'm not going to. Yeah. yeah, so it's only third event. All right. So number four, the roll must be where at least one other person can see it and done with a legible die. All right. Now, I don't feel that you have to roll where everybody can see it or whatever. There's not at least somebody at the I table. Used to, I used to not agree with that because we're all adults. And then I played with somebody <laughs> who could not manage to be an adult. Yeah. It's, so, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just if you put it down for everybody, then you don't have to be an ass to that one person. Right. If you have to pick up your die to read what it says. Use a different die. Yeah. I've seen oh, that before at like yeah. con games and things mm-hmm. where the die is just unreadable because it blends in. And- or people use those teeny, tiny, teeny, teeny, tiny millimeter dice. Yeah. And they're ultra cute and very unique and no one can read them. And then they have to pick them up and put them two inches from their face. Yep. I feel attacked right now by both of those <laughs> I actually have a die that it's so well used that the paint is just gone from the thing. But you, know, you really do have to pick it up and to read it. But yeah, I don't. Don't use it for anything. Mm. All right. So rule five, this is the one I talked about 13 years ago. Okay. And this is the one that I think comes closest to what the one person was saying that their GM's rule is, is I don't care if you shake the die. I do not tolerate dice masturbation. Yeah. If you are masturbating the die. Yeah, exactly. You know the motion. (laughs) Yeah. You take that die. You you sit there with it for sixty seconds. Come on, come on. I really need an eight. Yeah. Come on, eight or higher. Let's go. Come on. Come. If you don't okay, know, fucking roll the yeah. dice. I if mean, you right. and if you don't know what you're talking about, watch a major league baseball game sometime. The pitcher goes up to pitch and he adjusts his glove. He adjusts his hat. He looks at first. Then he looks at second. Oh, well, the batteries looks, could be worse. They step, yeah, oh, well, they oh, step we haven't out even of, gotten to the battery. Yeah. The batter hasn't even stepped up to the plate. The batter's like getting ready. You know, he's waving the bat around, doing this, taps his, his shoes, his shoes and then doesn't feel it. Oh, takes two steps. Everybody's like, oh, I got to take a two steps. Yeah. And then yeah. this whole thing. Steps out of the batter's box, you, taps his shoes several times. Do you know and, NPR had a sports segment on where they talked about that exact thing, and they the guy was like, you have a younger generation coming up who plays video games, watches YouTube videos, does all this stuff, has all this stuff competing for their entertainment value. And then you have two guys dancing around like assholes for 20 minutes before they even throw a ball or try and hit it. You are going to kill Major League Baseball. Yeah. And you know what? You're going to kill role-playing games. It's a tense moment. Yeah, sure. It's like your character's life is on the line. Who gets it? Yeah, everyone's tense. Shake, 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 shake. Come on, baby. Come on. Papa needs to not get hit in the head with a lightsaber. Shake, 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 shake. I have, nice. I have no problem with it at all. Unless they start doing what you just described of Papa needs to do this or that. Yeah. If you're talking to the dice, it's going to get annoying. <laughs> Maybe I've just never gamed with someone Dude, who does this. I don't care if you but... talk to the dice as long as we get it done with quick. I don't care if you say, wow, I really needed eight, thunk, and there's the roll. Ba-boom! Yeah. And it's, it's eight, and then the crowd goes wild. I, it's Come on, I've got somewhere to be eventually. I have yeah. 
I, at some point, I have to go to work or something. At some point, yeah. I'm going to have a funeral and people are going to show up and you're going to keep me from that 60 years from now. To go back with what I was saying before about how, you know, I'll just pick up the die and just shake it while well, just as a fine, nervous you're, tick. You're, but, not, we're not, you're not holding up the table. Exactly. It's like uh, whenever it comes my turn, I may have been sh- uh, shaking the die since my last turn. But, you know, I'll just say, I hit the orc. Roll. Yeah, I don't care if you have a nervous tick. Or just you're a fidgeter. That yeah. does. I mean, let's just distract me. I mean, if you're stick. sitting there playing with like sparklers and snap pops, <laughs> I might have a problem. But I, I don't care. If Wayne, you, we got to stop by the fireworks stand for the next SOG game. I, I don't I got an idea. care if you want to. I guess it with my car, actually. Oh, excellent. Awesome. You know, if, if you were sitting there shaking the dice ball, the game's going on, or in Chad's case, stacking the dice, mm-hmm. or in my case, I keep pattern organizing them. And, <laughs> various OCD sorts of ways, but it's not disturbing you, but it's not holding mm-hmm. up the game. All right, so number six, this one I had to start enforcing because it became a real problem in Battletech. No dice bowling. Yeah, if you have yeah. minis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, your dice. <clears throat> now, I get dice are going to go a little bit of distance, mm-hmm. and in some games, as a result, maybe it's best for people to roll into a box lid or a dice tower or something like that. Mm-hmm. But what I do not get is you're playing a game that's got snacks or it has a battle map and you got pigs or minis or whatever you got going on and somebody feels the need to bowl those dice straight up the middle. Yeah, like, yeah. like they're at a mm-hmm. craps table yeah. in Vegas. Yeah, they got precisely. 10, 10 grand on the yep. It's one of my pet peeves, too, is Battletech's the worst one about it. Well, probably not the worst one, but because you've paid a decent amount for those minifigs right. and you're knocking them over and they can become dented, they can become broken. Well, sure. But sure. I get even frustrated when it's just plastic minifigs and things out there because it messes up where everything's at on the, the yeah. mat. And if you're going to use minifigs on a mat, then where they're at matters. Exactly. If you're not going to use them, it doesn't matter. But Precisely. if you're using them, it matters. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your dice off of the playing field. Yeah. Keep your dice right in front of you. Just And boom. if you can't handle it, grab a box lid. There are ways to restrain this. And once again, I accept accidents happen. But I had people, particularly in Battletech, where it was just so casual. I mean, just every roll would be like a craps table straight up the middle that I finally had to start putting in a rule that for every mini you either knock over or knock out of your place, your mech falls that many times. <laughs> so your mech, if you knock over th- or knock out of place <laughs> three minis, your mech just like rubber balls <laughs> up and down off of its back three times in a row. Yeah, my frustration for this doesn't even come from role-playing games. I've experienced it enough with board games yeah. that yeah. it mm-hmm. drives me insane because... Yes. It's not that hard to not roll the dice on the board. Exactly. So to play a sort of devil's advocate here, and I don't really even agree with what I'm about to say. I'm just going to throw it out there. So I'm sitting here listening to this, and I'm getting all personally attacked and whatnot. I'll say, good. Well, 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 wait a minute, guys. First, you're telling me I can't have anything pop off the table or I'm going to be summarily executed. So that means that it, it has to be on the table. Now you're telling me that I have to, I can't like shake the dice, do anything crazy with it. I have to roll it in a very specific space. Now you're also telling me that I can't travel a certain distance across the table and, you know, I can't even touch anything else. table. And you're telling me I have to roll in front of everybody so where everyone can see it. Should we have a designated dice table over here is it is time to roll and we put on the rollers hood and we have yeah. the roller scepter and all the dice are there but they're in that 
80s pop board game thing where no one can touch the sacred dice and you know the designated roller pops the pop thing and pops the dice and you then know, that okay. is the so I, me it all rolls back because i didn't say a lot of those i yeah. didn't jump behind a lot of the, right for me it's is your dice rolling causing a problem yes. with the game being played if your dice rolling is hitting the board and knocking things over you're causing a problem yeah. all i'm asking is be considerate there have been some times and it's very, very few and far between where I felt something like that was necessary, where we are going to have a dice tower. And if everyone doesn't know what a dice tower is, it's a wooden plastic, sometimes the metal contraption. I'll give you the link of the one that I inherited from Pat. You will poop yourself when you see the price. But oh, I, I don't even <laughs> No, I probably won't. <laughs> Wayne and I went through there and priced some of the things that we had to yeah. help move out or get rid of. But all it is, is you put your dice in the top, and then there's a series of, like, little ledges. ledges, Yeah, ledges and slides and whatever, where the dice tumble down through it in a fashion that no one is controlling, and comes out into a little tray where you can see what they rolled. But not everybody can see it if it's a big table, Dan. That's going to break all your rules. I've only (laughs) used that in cases where either it's A competitive play mm-hmm. and and those i typically throw in everybody uses the same dice so nobody can claim well your die you know was oh my god the science dice bull people i know mm-hmm. but dude it happens and i don't i don't want to hear it i don't accused <laughs> of it and the other thing is if there is something weirdly sensitive about the table like we have a super detailed setup or this is a Jenga game that for some reason also involves dice. I've played in a few of those. And shots. And shots. <laughs> and the Jenga tower is already supported by a toothpick and a piece of cat fur. And <laughs> and it's just waiting for God's sense of humor to remove the last piece yeah, and collapse. Yeah, exactly. And so we have to... But no, 99.99% of the time, this is like... Don't be an anorexic and don't be a glutton. Or those, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Is Am I going to crack the whip and take away two levels if you shake the dice for more than a set number of seconds I've got ticking on a stopwatch? No. I mean, but it's, you could turn that into a mechanic, actually. Well, the only game I do that as a mechanic in is the Star Trek ship simulator. And you have to. Because yep. that's part of the play. Yep. The, the time to turns is part of the play. But all of these, it's, you know, if somebody loses grip on a die and it goes up the middle of the board, knocks a mech over, am I going to be a dick the first time it happens? No, I don't really care. But, I mean, when these are... It's the third and tenth time. Yeah, exactly. In the same game. There's, yeah, yeah. Everybody lies, but not everyone is a liar. Yeah. We're talking about patterns of behavior here. My seventh one, and this is because I've seen this one abused, is you don't get to test your roles. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Now, I've seen this done in two ways. Uh, Way one is somebody rolls it and looks at the result and says, oh, that, that wasn't my real roll. I was just screwing around. Uh-uh. Or they say, if I called for a roll and your dice hit down, or the other one I've seen is, let's say it's like 2d6 or 3d6 or something, and they're getting ready to roll and one falls out, mm-hmm. maybe even totally by accident. But whether that goes back in the hand or stays on the table depends on what it was. And that should be consistent with the falling off rule. Yeah. It, yep. it should. There should be a blanket consistency all the way through because no one's going to remember this stuff when the tension is on. Sure. So well, you make it consistent, make it for everyone. Or the 
occasionally roll dice, never declare anything, roll it, really good roll. I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling before declaring. I, I've what seen you're that doing. one. Yeah. Somebody's just playing with their dice, and for all you know, they are playing with their dice, and then all of a sudden you notice it's it's a natural twenty, and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm I'm doing yeah. sense motive to see or, if he's lying. Or it's a oh, are you now? Or you're in a fight, and it's like oh, that's a one, and they give you like a. It's so it's such a soft skill. It sure. isn't like I am going to do X and roll Y for result Z. It's just like this fast and furious, and people are talking and people are going crazy. And somebody rolls a dice and it's a one. And it's like, oh yeah, that was me rolling for my aspiranto. I guess I don't understand what they're saying. Boom, a twenty. Now that was the gun There's I was shooting. I will say yes. <laughs> so anyway. All right. So, Thank you. Good, good games and whatever the hell else yeah. you say. <laughs> so oh, I thank was, you, Stephen. You have a great week and great games. <laughs> I don't listen to the show. And by the end of the episode, I've tuned out anyway. So. All right. So I'm going to hit something real quick. I was at work the other day, and I oh, hear good. I hear in the next dial <laughs> over. time. I'm glad, you're I'm glad. Doing, glad you're doing something with your life. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad I wasn't the only one thinking that. I just didn't say it. So, anyway, I was at work the other day, and I hear in the next dial over, okay. Tensor's floating disc. And your ears peaked up. Exactly. Like, oh my god, it's another game. I, I, ex- I came to realize how much value there is to proper names of things. Mm. Because if someone just said like Fireball or something, I might have overheard, but it could have mm. been a video game, could have been anything. Could have been a crappy whiskey shot. Yeah. So I go over Fireball there a little Island. bit later, I was like, hey, I didn't know you played D&D. And then we start having a conversation about, you know, one of the other things that I always really enjoy are the shared subculture things. If someone does a spell like tensor's floating disc they're gonna be doing fun and interesting things with it because it's not a straightforward spell Mm. so we start talking about all the fun ways that we've used cantrips to do things over the years and we end up having a good gaming conversation for about a half hour or so would have never known that that was a fellow gamer in the next dial over if i hadn't heard the proper noun of tensor's floating disc who calls out specifically Tensor's floating disc as part of a random conversation. And that was what I never asked, is what conversation was going on that caused that to be called out. And who is he talking to? Because that might be another gamer right there. That's a good point. He was talking to one of his coworkers I sitting have, right next to him. Was he, like, trying to explain drive scratching? And he's like, you know, hard disk platters, they don't just float like Tensor's floating disc. <laughs> All I of have, that was irrelevant to me. All that I cared about was... You he mentioned a rare spell that I used in the last game. He's a D&D player. Now, if there was somebody that worked there whose name was Natasha or something similar who had an annoying laugh, you better believe I'd use the phrase Tasha's hideous laughter. <laughs> <laughs> I would use it purely on its own, but it would sort of be a baited hook I'm dragging in the water behind a boat when I'm not fishing just to see what bites. So it's interesting where I work. But There's there would a- still be a context. I wouldn't just be like, Hey, Chad, you want to get pork steaks? Tensor's floating disc. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a ton of board gamers around me, and so I know there's always geeks around, but you never know, are they just a board gamer or are they a role-playing gamer? Too? I mean, movie quotes, Monty Python quotes, yeah, sure. memes from the internet. Tensor's float... Okay, Wayne, you have an assignment here. <laughs> Find out what the conversation was that led to that? Yeah, Seriously, I want to yes. know. Because it was so out of nowhere, it's like... Yes, it is out of nowhere. And that was my thought, is... Wow! Of all the things to pull out, that is what he pulled out. Yeah. You're coming back next week, and you're going to give us the real story here. All right. I'll see what uh, I'll see if he can remember. Mm-hmm. He better. He better. <laughs> you better. And if they don't remember anything, 
you need to come back to us and lie to us and make <laughs> up a really good, interesting story to make up for. All right. But never tell us the truth. Yeah. That was my whole story, though. It's just, <laughs> it's interesting where out of nowhere you hear a phrase that just, that is a fellow gamer. So, are you suggesting that people should use more obscure names of things as a way of kind of fishing? So, like, instead of Fireball, say I'm going to flame strike him, or... No, I think you were a weirdo if you did things like that. I'm just saying this was a fun experience I had. I'm not giving advice on anything. But you start off by saying this is the importance of using the proper nouns of things. I said it's really cool. Okay. Thanks for sharing, Wayne. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to start throwing Elminster into uh, my conversation just for the heck of it to see, you know, who see who you find. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go to Starbucks. Hi, what's your name? What's I ride in the cup? Moander. Vecna. <laughs> Oh, there's a good one. That, actually, Starbucks would be a good... Yep. Do they actually call out people's names at yes, Starbucks? They yes, do. And they, they do. And there's a whole thing about giving fake names and weird stuff and make them call them out. And they, they do it. I mean, unless it's going to be like something like Brodor would say. Because yeah. I could do that at like a Breadco, too. Because Breadco yeah. calls out the names. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that. Use proper oh, okay. names. Okay. Oh, so dude, you have seriously. two assignments. For, see, this was a good topic, Dan. <laughs> Wayne has two assignments. He needs to come back with a good, not necessarily truthful story. About what happened. And two, you need to tell us a story about how you went to Breadco or Panera for the rest of the U.S. and ordered something under the name Vecna. <laughs> I don't think I would use Vecna. No, you're, that you, I no, know. no, you're using Vecna. At the, I was thinking assignment. Xanthar's. At the very Xanthar, I'll, I'll allow a Xanthar. At the very least, do Lord Voldemort and see who calls out he who should not be named. But I don't mm. like Harry Potter. Uh, Still. WayneAtForTheBoot.com <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of other D&D names like Morden Kanan. See, like, okay, I so, mean, you just pretend you're Amish or something. So here's, the, here's the Strahd, thing about yeah. here's the thing about the Starbucks joke, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't do Xanthars because they have to be able to spell it. Yeah, yeah that's true. Vecna, maybe Strahd. Elminster is too long. No dritzed. No dritz, no because they'll, they'll somebody else will get the cup, right? You'll say dr dritz to the cashier, they'll hand the order off, and somebody will go, I have a coffee here for Gary Gygax. Gary Gygax is, yeah, yeah that's that's doable. That's doable. Elminster, you can spell, but it'll go all the way around the cup. Got to bake a turkey bravo for Beholder? No, it's got to be like a, a proper name. A proper yeah. name, yeah. Yeah, there was, a, there was a name to Beholder or two. One was Xanthine. Xanthar. Oh, Xanthar. Yeah, Xanthar. Okay, Xanthar was not good, <laughs> but yeah, he's got pet goldfish. No, there was there was one in Forgotten Realms who was who I thought was good aligned. No, I mean, and I he know. was like helping somebody with research or something weird like that. Xanthar I, I is a somewhere. criminal mastermind with a goldfish. Yeah, yeah. He just can't look at it because the cover he's looking at it. Yeah, on the cover he's looking at his goldfish on Xanthar's fifth got edition it. book. Huh. They must have yeah, changed me because I would swear in earlier editions, like some of their gazes were always on. Like, some of them right. were at will, but some of them were always on. No, they're but too... would it affect the goldfish? They're too social now, though. I mean, they're they're bad guys who have to, like, yeah. monologue and stuff, so they can't have it always on now. Yeah. So probably in the past they did. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to have to check that one, because I actually, in cleaning out some boxes over this past week, I did dig up some of my old, like, 2 e-books, and I was flipping through, and I was noting how... There are some small, but in my mind, significant changes that they've made to D&D over the years. One of my favorite examples is Odiugs don't live in shit anymore. 
And but there's just a, admit it, you don't like Odiugs. You just like shit igloos. But yeah. <laughs> you know what soured me on Odiugs? The shit igloos. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it would if I ever like encountered some like, hey, let's go to the Odiug exhibit at the zoo. Like, eh. you can. It's a walkthrough exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> Pay an extra dollar. It's hands on. Yeah. Don't ask who donated. <laughs> right. But. No, it was the gold box games. Mm-hmm. Do you know how annoying it was to fight them in encounter after encounter after encounter, and every single time they hit you, you had some chance of disease? Ew. I don't know what a gold box game is. So. The old D&D computer games, like 1980s era. Yeah. I gave you one, didn't I? Uh, somewhere, yeah. And then they, they were merciless. They were mm-hmm. merciless. Anyway, so Chad, our topic for today is yep. one that fits into your game. Also kind of fits into the Skies of Glass right. game, because it's been about three or four weeks since Skies of Glass sessions, and for you, since you missed the last one, it's been even longer. Even longer. And I, I'm very fortunate that we record and publish the Skies of Glass episodes, because I was actually able to listen to yeah. the last one, and Dawn asked me what the hell I was laughing about, and I was like, oh, they're just making fun of me, and because <laughs> we that's one of the traditions, if you miss a game, yeah. you become a Muppet, like, oh! I'm Chad's character killed. I'm going to poop yeah. myself. And, yeah, yeah, I swear. It was pretty funny. If there's ever like a Netflix Skies of Glass TV show, <laughs> then that's how we're going to handle it. If like an actor, <laughs> we're not going to write any actor out for an episode. Yeah. It's going to be like a soap opera. Yeah. In this episode, the part of Gil is played by. No, 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 no. It's not going to be played by another actor. We're going to get, like, Sweetums or something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The part of Gil is being played or, by the Swedish chef. Yeah, right. exactly. The part of Gil. And we're going to, suddenly there's going to be, like, a countertop always there. And there's just going to be this bounding Muppet. Of, See, that would be the part of the Dr. after Pope. credits. Yeah. The part of Dr. Pope today will be played by Beaker. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to own that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. So, right. anyway, but yeah. But the, the topic is gaps in games, long-term gaps yep. in games which is a topic that we have discussed in the past, but there's some particular relevance to Mm -hmm. this right now and some angles that we want to talk about. What's interesting this time for you, Chad, Mm -hmm. usually when this happens, it's a gap in game, but it's also a gap in chances for people to get together and socialize. Yeah. We've had a couple board games sessions in this time. We've... Mm -hmm. We don't have that huge socializing gap that we normally do. Yeah. We haven't all been in the same place, but subsets have enough that it's not like we haven't all seen each other in two months or something. Well, and another hallmark of my gaps that it just seems to happen to me all the time is major cliffhangers. Yeah. The last one, when we talked about this last, was the holiday season hit, and it was the last game. The major cliffhanger, okay, guys, come back next week, and it's the big bad, and what's going to happen And a month? And I'm just like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? In this one, it isn't the end of the game. Actually, we're actually kind of at about the halfway point in the whole game. The team got an idea, executed a plan, and it went well until it didn't. And obviously, there was a big turn and stuff happened. And to end it all, because we're playing Blades in the Dark, the blue coats, who are the cops, are coming. The a tall boy is coming, which is out of dishonored that I put into 
Blades in the Dark, because Blades in the Dark is based on Dishonored. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, aren't the tall boys kind of like these steampunk mech yes. sort of things? Yes. It, it isn't or steam- robots. Or, it, it isn't steampunk. It is steampunk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's like, it's, I guess, clockwork. Electrophasmic. It's the Spider Man villain Stilt Man with bows and arrows that fire explosives. Yeah. Well, it's not lame. Okay. Well, unlike Wayne, Stilt you just, Man. You, yeah. You seriously <laughs> just made like gourmet brownies sound like. Green apple splatters straight out of the truck stop bathroom. Oh, oh it's okay. He's going to be punished okay. for this at the game. He's going to he's going to he, be like, he, no, it's, it's not, not the first there. time I made the comparison either. No, but they are guys on these big sort of. Well, I mean, stilts, but not stilts because it's the suit that they wear. Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing, just like stilt man. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is that it's a city built on a city built on a city. So it's like it's stories and stories of this sort of Victorian steampunk buildings okay. going up off the cobblestones okay. so the crime happens i call it like rooftop work it is bravos going from rooftop to rooftop breaking into stuff assassinating people that sort of thing so the police the blue coats have these machines that raise them up to that level so to speak it's also a lot more than just they're tall it allows them to travel fast and it is also a suit they have these armor plates that are on these little arms that come off, and the, the armor plates will actually move to intercept incoming fire. So, like, if you shoot one, the armor plates are kind of going like this as they're walking, and you shoot at one, and the armor plate, without the direction of the of the guy in the suit, goes, bing, and it moves to its left and intercepts the bullet. Hmm. It has to do with how the blades in the dark work. If you have to have a higher level of magnitude and strength to get past that on your rolls. It's not just a simple roll. And they also have bows and arrows. And the reason why they have bows and arrows is because in a game with guns, is yeah, you can use a gun, you can shoot somebody, but the arrow delivers a package. It delivers a very explosive package. An explosive package that does not catch on fire, which is important because it's you don't want to set the city on fire. Yeah, which, which details, details. Details, yeah. yeah but, Victorian London, that's a serious concern. Exactly. But it is... Ex- there were a whole lot of cities that burned down in the 1800s. Exactly. Chicago. And so this, this is something that they use. It, it's for crowd control, and it, it's a terror weapon, basically. Yeah, it's Hawkeye in Stiltman's armor. Yeah, you are so, so <laughs> kind of kid. You might lose an arm this weekend. You You really might. Now, just for the record, for everyone uh, listening to this, I did not do anything that went wrong. <laughs> Everything I did was on the it went right part. Yeah. So just in case you were wondering, Dale and Dale's wife, Steve, Larry, Larry. That's right. Dale's wife, Larry. They think did you forget my wife's name. I did. They think that they did everything right and they're getting away. Obviously, Dale thinks he did everything right and nothing bad's going to happen to him. He's very wrong. He just doesn't know it yet. Okay. Oh, great. And- <laughs> He's not in as much danger as Wayne. Oh, no, no one is no. in much danger. So Dawn and Laura's character literally are running away from a fight, and they both have arrows in their leg. Oh, Laura's character has an arrow in her butt instead of her leg because she missed the last game and didn't tell us. So I knew one of them was going to have an arrow in their butt. She got the arrow in the butt. She just decided it for you. She decided it for me. She's got an arrow in the butt. And Wayne thinks that he's all nice and safe, but no. No, 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 Wayne. It's like a big transformer. I'm going to suck. Maybe both arms. Maybe I'll just cut your d- How about that? Your he character isn't using it. He doesn't know that rectum record and the butt gang are coming right. after him. That's right. So anyway, like I said, it, it, you know, jokes aside... It's a mission that they pulled off. 
they had done a lot of planning Mm -hmm. and it is at the culmination of not the plot, but they know they're on the tip of finding some stuff out. In fact, this is the whole thing is to kidnap a guy and put the pliers to him to find out this stuff. And they're right there. And then the whole plan goes pear shaped. Their sniper gets attacked. Their sniper is Dawn. One of the characters goes to help assist Dawn. They are both over their head. Uh, The other characters are coming out to help. They've made too much noise, generate too much heat. They've attracted the attention of the blue coats. And now it's like a huge metaphorical spotlight just got put on these guys who hide in the shadows. And I'm like, okay, awesome. We'll pick it up next week, (laughs) a month and a half ago. I am dealing with a similar problem, at least in terms of taxonomy. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's similar in terms of execution or resolution, which is there wasn't a big cliffhanger of action. So I don't have to per se recover a mood. Mm -hmm. I don't have to recover a scene. I mean, where things left off was the group was in one spot, had had a conversation, had wrapped up the conversation and was about to relocate to a radio tower. And Eric just sent me the name of it, which I need to go do some research on this radio tower and start building some setting. But that's that's the point, though. If this was a stage play, this would be a change of scene. You know, the set crew would be moving out one mm-hmm. backdrop and bringing in another one. And I don't have to keep that going. Right. But what I am struggling with is... So roiling around in my head are all these factoids about the consistent truth of the game. Mm -hmm. So here is what's going on behind the scenes and what's motivating all the different parties to do what they're doing. Now, up to this point, while you guys have seen hints, you have actually put together very little of the why. You know, you might see so-and-so doing this and that, but you don't know why they're doing that or who's motivating that. But in the last game, probably more plot was revealed than the entire rest of the campaign combined. Yeah, dick. And we've been playing for two years or so. Well, I have a I theory. missed one game. Yeah. Okay, see. Yeah, and that's why the plot finally came out. You weren't there to stop it. Bingo. Right. That was right. my theory, too. Is So I was deconstructing this mentally. It's all me. No, no, hear me out here. I was deconstructing this mentally, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, so there has been this obvious fact, which is you guys have had contact with a handful of characters Mm -hmm. who have known a significant amount of the plot that you have not asked about the plot or have approached in such a profoundly obvious we're not going to get anywhere with them way. For example, the sabotaged meeting with Frederick Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that until last game, either A, nobody asked Emma anything, or B, as of two games ago, nobody would let her answer her question. And so I'd vote this theory. So why is it the first game Chad's not there? <laughs> Suddenly everything moves forward. And I'd vote this theory that Chad has been willfully sabotaging right. the revelation of the plot to drag out the campaign. <laughs> That's <laughs> The right. way to keep us gaming SOG forever is to keep it stuck in neutral. It is my favorite game. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what's next? What are you talking about? Oh, man, I'd like to run Battletech. Ah, oh, sh**. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to play SOG. But I, no, are, I have not been sabotaging. But, but, here, but here's, the, here's the issue for me. Right. Is... I now have to segregate something I never did before. Mm-hmm. 
which of those facts do you guys know? (laughs) (laughs) Because now I can't be like, well, one of those laser turrets in orbit you guys found out about last game. Wait, what? 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 (laughs) What's in orbit? Oh, damn it. Right. (laughs) I never mentioned that. That didn't come out. Yeah. And I intentionally... And and the reason why that's a problem, because you would think, it's like, oh, well, the players know what they know, and, you know, you kind of keep a handle on it as a game master. Except... We have tread this long path of Dan's yeah. game with two sets of characters, and now we know everything, or but not everything, but you know, we know you a lot, know a lot more than yeah. you did. That and, was one advantage to having a character come back from the previous one. Yeah, is everything that party found out now the new party can know about. Right, right. There can be just an information exchange, but yeah, it's there has been so much ground tread. Over these past couple of years, I don't even know how long we've been doing Skies of Glass. Oh, about two years About now. two years. Yeah. yeah, that we have tried over these two years that, yeah, there's no way you can possibly know. And so one of the, the reasons I wanted to bring this topic up is I wanted to share some like strategies that I plan on doing on Sunday for my game. Getting your guys' take on other extra strategies so I can completely rip off your ideas. And also talk about Skies of Glass, too. And maybe give some advice on both the GM and the player level. And I think one of the pieces of advice I'd give for Dan is not actually for Dan. It's for our group of players. It's for Eric and Brandon and Brodor and you, Wayne, and me, even myself. Of It's going to happen. Dan is going to give us accidentally the metaphorical laser turret in orbit give on accident. Because there's just so much detail and stuff in, in the plot in your story, which is wonderful. And you're just going to forget. And we as players need to roll with that. We need to speak up and say, do we know that? And then we all need to kind of look at each other like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't know that. And then we have to be the mature good players who will say, okay, I'm not going to use that piece of information. Well, something else that I can also do is I can shift the onus. Yeah. That when you guys get to that tower, okay, let's assume all goes well. You establish the radio connection. No, Gil is going to stop everyone from going oh, to the probably top. Probably so. I'm sure we, we got to stay in. He's going to get there ahead of time with a hacksaw and right. cut it down. Right. <laughs> you got, they're going to be arriving just in time to see it fall over. Yeah, it's going to fall over. Like He's going to be like, wood. I guess we can't sell the wine anymore, guys. <laughs> we decided that we wanted to be on the move, so Gil yes. couldn't do that. Yep. So one of the things that I have oh, working sure. in my favor is that you guys can drive the action there. Mm-hmm. So let's say you get to the tower and everything goes well, and you guys get Emma hooked up to it and she's able to talk to her the rest of her intelligence because she's Mm -hmm. for anyone not listening to the actual play she's an artificial intelligence and they have with them a splinter of her that is currently cut off from her main network and they're trying to reestablish communication so that she can learn the things the rest of her knows so she because they were actually asking questions that apparently Gil physically stopped them from asking for the past two years and asking yes, her, even before Gil was created even before Gil was created yeah, yeah. stopping them yeah even before Emma was created yeah even before Emma it, was there he was stopping them from asking these questions but she answered some of them but she doesn't actually have the answers to right. others and she needs to hook but up with one of the base. great things that I can do there is I don't have to take the lead Mm-hmm. You know, I can have... You know Gil's going to sabotage it. Well, <laughs> yes. But even that aside, I can have Emma say things like, I will only have a brief window of connection, which is true, mm-hmm. because as long as she's broadcasting, there are technologically advanced powers that are going to be tracking that. 
Mm-hmm. So she really does have a limited window to communicate before somebody's going to notice her and drop a bomb on her, which she doesn't want. And so it's going to be... Nor do we. We're standing next to her. Yes. And so it's going to be like, what are the questions? And that keeps me from being like, well, since I already told you about the laser cannon array, (laughs) here's the alien intelligence that's controlling it. (laughs) And put fact upon fact upon fact where you guys didn't even know the first fact. Right. And so I can start with saying, okay, what what are the questions you want me, me being Emma in this case, to try and get the answers to or get you clues toward from my primary intelligence and keep the action off of myself. I mean, I can't trip over my own feet if I'm not walking. I mean, that's, I think, probably the easiest advice I have for myself. And other than that, play it slow. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of our, our regular pieces of advice is know your group. Look, here's part of the problem. This much time off, I mean, I know the group is people, but maybe I don't know the group as well as characters or mm. in terms of the in-game stuff. I can wait for you guys to reveal that stuff. For you to say, well, wait a minute, we know about this. We need to follow up. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, they do know about that. So one of the counter pieces of advice that I have is usually we give the advice of if there was a long hiatus or something, get back into the action. You know, start off with a fight, start off with something exploding and and jam to it. With Skies of Glass and this group, that's a bad idea. Well, more more than that, yes, but more than that, where we ended. Yeah. I mean, that's not what we ended on. Right. We didn't end on you guys charging into or out of a gunfight. Yeah, we didn't end with that to set it It, up. It It was intellectual inquiry. It would be very random to have that happen. Also in Skies of Glass, combat is very deadly, and you lose characters, you main characters. And so when combat happens, it has to be, when you're running the game, the onus is on the group to decide whether or not they're even going to attempt combat. It isn't a matter of you're walking down the road and three bugbears attack, and that's cool. It's a matter of, okay, there's this real moral imperative we have to jump those guys who are hurting that person. But if we do it, it's just like a fight in the real world where everybody has guns. Some of us may not walk away from this. So how morally imperative is it that we do it? That's the cool thing about the game because it that creates role play. That creates tension and, and conversation and it's really neat and it makes for a really deep character. Yep. One of the other pieces of advice I give, I wouldn't give for this game either, I've done the uh, set those characters aside. Let's start with something else. You're playing these other characters for the first five, ten minutes just Mm -hmm. to get kind of warmed up again. This group doesn't need to get warmed up. No. As an example, it could have been, okay, you guys are all playing these group of people from the Southern Army doing this mission that was happening while you were doing something else. And then have that have an impact on the story itself. That actually, not with the Southern Army, but that actually may still happen. Because there's something I need to resolve. But it's for a different reason. Yep. It's because I need to resolve something and I want you guys to have a hand in it. Not because I feel I need to get you guys back in the moment. Yeah, or a flashback or something. Something to just loosen yeah. up, get role playing, mm-hmm. and then jump to the regular characters. Not something this group needs, yeah. but that's something I've done before. When it's been a while, I mentioned it a couple times when we did so, the I, noir I, game. and I, I think- jumped everyone into playing radio actors See, right. and talking about Chad's situation versus mine. And, and here we can transition and talking about Chad's. I think one of the big differences I see is that in my situation, I, as the game master 
need to step back, mm-hmm. play my cards closer to the chest until I remember what it is you guys do and don't know. Let you guys direct the action. I don't have to reestablish feel. I don't have to reestablish a sense of curiosity or urgency. Comparatively, Chad, it sounds like mm-hmm. in your situation, yeah, probably the GM does need to be more front and center. Yeah. And, I mean, the, this goes back to our tools in a toolbox. I mean, you know, yeah, not everything is a nail to a hammer. Right. And my hiatus has been a month and a half. I think Skies of Glass was a couple of weeks. Maybe. Yeah. Three. If you don't count me. Weeks, yeah. Three, yeah. Four weeks. And in my situation, it is literally the middle of combat because combat in Blades and Dark are scores. And then you do the score and then you do the the experience. Well, we paused it in the middle of a score, right? They're like, well, hey, do we count XP and stuff? Like, no, you're running away bleeding. You're, the situation's not handled. And we're just going to pick it up next week. So in my situation, though, too, I am not going to jump into the combat. Maybe I will when we start the game, but I'm actually going to do some stuff that I don't think Dan is going to have to do for the SOG game. Before the game starts, everyone sat down, everyone, oh, hey, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. You know, we get the social stuff out of the way. I'm going to ask the very basic question of, are we still feeling the game? Are we? Do we still want to play this game? And I think that's a very important question for any unexpected long hiatus for the Game Master to ask. And I also really believe that even if you're a Game Master who does not believe what I'm about to say, who will get insulted, you need to say to your players, you're not going to offend me if you say you're not into the game anymore. So, Chad, you've done this a lot. Hmm. I remember you doing this multiple times when we've had breaks. Has anyone ever told you, no, I'm not feeling it anymore? Yes. There there was a really terrible game I was running, and I wasn't feeling it, and everyone else was like... I I do remember times where you've come up and said, I'm not feeling this Mm -hmm. anymore. And I remember a time when you came and... We had the conversation in the kitchen before we went downstairs. Right. It was a that terrible That was the diaspora game. game. Yeah, it was a terrible game. Everyone was not having fun, yeah. and no one had just quite said it out loud to everyone yet. It never got to that question. Right. But I've never heard anyone give you the actual feedback of, no, I'm not really feeling it anymore. Yeah. I don't think so. I, I mean, I can't remember, but I've been gaming a lot of years, right. too. I want to say, yes, they have, but I can't think of any specific time. Because I think at that point... No one wants to be the person that says it. Right. And part of it isn't just because we don't want to say it to you. Yeah. Let's say we're not feeling the game. What if everyone else at the table is feeling it? Yeah. I don't want to be the one person that says no. Right. And so for me, that that's the hard thing, is that if it's one person, I mean, I don't, you know, what can you do? But maybe you can make it interesting for them and kind of spotlight on them and, and kind of raise them up in the subsequent games. But I do believe it is still important to take the pulse of the group to say, are we still interested in the game? It's no one's fault that we're not playing. It's just that there was a big pause and we were fired up. Are we still fired up? And like you point out, no one's really ever said, no, we're not fired up anymore. But I still think it's an important thing to ask. And I think it's important to ask yourself that as a GM. You know, I was actually telling Dale here, who has been the monolith of silence than this entire episode. (laughs) I've been trying to contribute here and there. In fact, I've got a few throw in later. Fear the boo rule. Got to be rude. Just step on anybody and start talking. Otherwise, we're going to just roll you over. 
I was actually telling Dale about this downstairs, and I even said, I'm going to sit there with the group, and I'm going to say, is everyone still feeling it? And Wayne is going to ask me, but Chad, are you still feeling it? Yep, because I, as a GM once, had that of, Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling that game anymore. Yeah, I just don't want to keep running it. And I don't remember which game it was, but I remember actually coming to the group saying, okay, guys, it's been a long break. This has happened. We've had a lot of real-world stuff. I'm just not feeling this. I want us to move on to something new. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you want to get the group feedback without anyone being, what's the word I'm looking for? Like in the spotlight. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Index card. Uh, yes and no on there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just uh, like put an X next to it, circle it, something like that, and hand it back. So secret ballot. Might not mm-hmm. be the one with the penis drawn on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the one with the penis drawn on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, that that's not a bad idea, actually. That's how we did... It was, I think, a couple games ago when we were doing voting on games. Yeah. We did it that way so people would have the opportunity to do it without going around the table saying, here's what's interesting, here's what's not. And people, I'm going to come around and say, people like me ruin that idea as a player Mm -hmm. because people like me are loud and proud. And I'll be like, I don't need no damn ballot. I'm in for the game. Let's do it. And it's just like, but that is really unhelpful. That is a, that's yeah. actually counterproductive. Me, don't do that. And if you're like me, and there's a couple of people who are like me out there, don't do that. If they're taking the, the secret ballot, just bite your tongue. Because there are people who are not loud and proud about this sort of thing. And they maybe just, they don't want to be the person who reigns on the parade. But they need a voice. See, that that's my whole thing, is if the game has become not interesting because of time or lack of interest, the people who are unaf- who are afraid to speak up need a voice. The loud, aggressive people like myself cannot overshadow them. Yeah, note cards, online voting, things like that. I've used it at work. Mm-hmm. I use it elsewhere because I know that I have no problem giving my opinion on things when I feel strongly. Right. And in the case of not so much in gaming, but at least in work, I overwhelm people. Mm-hmm. And the people that are less senior aren't willing to speak up or aren't willing to challenge. And if you want to get their voice, you have to wait, find a way to get it out of them yeah. without actually having them talk at the same time you do. Right. Right. I think that for game masters in a situation like this, it is very important to get the temperature of the table. So let's say I am interested, which I am. I, I, I am still have ideas for the game. I'm still fired up for the game. When you ask me that on Saturday, I will be giving that answer. I think it's important for game masters to know that answer to that question in advance. Even if you don't have Wayne Cole, Gaming Saint, sitting at your table, ready to ask you how you feel about the game, you need to understand that for yourself. One of the problems that Dan has as a game master, and this came up in the SOG game when we made the B team, right? You were asking us, what do you want to see out of the game? What do you not want to see out of the game? What do you want to have in the game? And we asked you, okay, Dan, you know, this, 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 as we answer your questions, we looked at you and we're like, well, Dan, what do you want out of the game? And you answered the wrong answer. You answered, I don't care. I can go for anything. And Wayne, Gaming Saint, looked at you and goes, no, that wasn't the question. The question was, what do you want out of the game? Because we've gamed with you a couple campaigns Mm -hmm. where you wanted something out of it and we didn't give it to you and we didn't get and we didn't know. you didn't enjoy the game and yeah. if you don't enjoy the game it's not going to go well yep and that's one of the real takeaways here is if there's been a big hiatuses that are unplanned now i'm not talking like 
I have a gaming group and we game once every six months and that's how we game. I'm talking like my gaming group games once a week. And so missing a month and a half is huge for us. That is a lot of ground we have not covered, especially when we plan our games in six month, year long and two year long arcs. Yep. Weddings and work and trips yep. and all of that hit at the same time for different people and family emergencies, family emergencies, cat emergencies. We need to find out the information of are people still happy? Are people still enjoying it? And if the answer is yes, then great. We don't need to like really, are you sure? Are you sure you're having fun here? We just need to get it an it's, upper down. It's a quick temperature take. It is yeah. a quick temperature take. And I'm treading on this topic so much, not because I want to give the advice of game masters really need to sit down and we need to hold hands with everybody and have this kumbaya moment. I'm really trying to drive this home because it's so important. Well, and I, I agree with you. It is important. And on top of that, I think oftentimes people are so afraid of ruining somebody else's fun, rocking the boat, hurting mm -hmm. somebody's feelings that no's become yeses. Yeah. Or no's become, yeah, I could go either way. And, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe that really is the truth. Maybe right. it really could go either way or something. I, I don't know. You and, know, maybe you're just kind of. I, I was enjoying the game, so if we can get back into the groove, I'd like to keep playing it. If we can't, then I'd like to move on. Maybe there is some yeah. some ambiguity to the answer there. And those are valid. And that's totally valid. This is also why I have the hard and fast rule of I don't talk about other game ideas with people I'm gaming yeah, with. Yeah, you don't do yeah. that. Because when you reach this point of a month and a half, if I had been talking about game ideas, suddenly the new shiny's in the back of your head, and that's reaching into your... Am I still excited for this game? So what about that game? Yeah, right. and that's the thing that you got to be aware of is that you, you may very well just gaming ADHD where you're just, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, every other month playing a new game and you're not getting anywhere as far as an actual campaign. Yeah. So, Chad, I have a quick question for you. I think this will wrap this one up. And the reason I, I call this a quick question is because I think if we were to extend this out too far, this would really just go right back into things that we've talked about even in recent episodes. Mm -hmm. If the consensus is, yes, we're continuing the game, is your intention to pick things up right back in the middle of the action with something's exploding, you're running, there's an arrow in your ass, you're on fire, there's... Yes. And that yes kind of had a... Has, experience, yes. <laughs> the yes kind of has a pause to it. Because my setup is actually going to be different. They had a plan. They did set up for the plan. They executed the plan. The plan worked, but it was going too well. So I needed to create tension. And there was a legitimate, believable way tension can happen. They can get hit. Because the players didn't actually ask quite enough questions to the right people so they had a blind spot or two in their plan, mm -hmm. which yes. I, as a game master, was able to exploit to create tension, which I did. They have a rival gang. Actually, they're assassins. They have rival assassins. They only think that there's like two people and there's five because they didn't dig deep enough. I, I think I can speak for the group. And I say, no, we, we know there's more. We just because we only know about two uh, doesn't mean that uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't assume there's. More. I thought there was a group of four. Now I know there's five. Yes. Yeah, Chad I, released a bit of information. Mm -hmm. I, I was actually thinking it was like 10 or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's only five. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so they have this this little bit of blind spot. As you can see, they don't exactly know the composition of right. the enemy. And so I was, five. I was able to exploit. Too bad you didn't know that last time we game. I was able to exploit that. And so we ended the game with 
Larry and Dale yeah. running off with the prize that they had, the, the guy they're going to basically slap around for more information, running off and trying to blend into the crowd. We have Wayne's character who is going to try to attack stilt man. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, he's going to try and take the tall boy on. And then we have ATST man. Just all the weaknesses of an ATST. Take him out by the legs. Just wait. Just wait. And then we have the two other characters. We have uh, Laura and Dawn's characters who Laura was coming in for the assist to Dawn because Dawn got jumped and they were outclassed and they chose to very smartly when the tall boy started coming in to run for it. And they rolled horribly and uh, took a consequence of getting shot in the legs and the ass with an arrow. They were going up against a bow user, wasn't the tall boy, who knocked two arrows and let fly. So I am not going to start with Dale and crew hobbling down the street with a body over their shoulders or Wayne's character looking up at a tall boy going, I got this. And the two of them bleeding out as they support each other going from rooftop to rooftop. That is a boring part of exciting action. The how are you running away? I am going to jump to the exciting point of the action of you got away, but not quite. So all right, you're, you're out of the immediate line of fire. You're grouping. But nonetheless, at least in concept, you think you're safe. You're continuing you're the action. Yes. So, okay. All right. Well, I think that's where we're going to wrap this one up. Definitely got some subjects for upcoming shows. There's actually a few people I need to get in touch with because there's a few people sending some pretty good topic ideas either over Facebook or over Discord. And because I was fighting with the server and all kinds of other stuff, I, I need to respond to these people. So definitely got some good stuff coming up. Um, We've got a Patreon. Yes, we do have a Patreon. If you want to back the show, if you want back to hear it. the unedited raws that have all the side conversations we have, <laughs> if you want to hear the negative episodes where we completely unleash Brodor, <laughs> then... Do, you, do we completely unleash him? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, oh, yeah. like the board he, is down. Oh, and- yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, we had an episode where his goal for the episode <laughs> was to cover the entire no list. Wow. <laughs> in, as President Taft. As Taft. Yes. So Excellent. we have a, a good forum. Episode. We have a Discord that channel talk to you on. We have a Facebook group that I'll talk to you on. So patreon.com slash fear the boot. There's also a link to it. And by the way, we did rearrange the front page of the website a little bit. If you go to the upper right of our web page, there's a little drop-down list there now that has all the different places you can find us because it's getting to be quite a list. We're trying to condense it to where we don't have 20 different platforms, Ron, because that's a pain for us and a pain for everyone else. But in our internet society... There's 20 different platforms, and that's just... and what I find kind of nice is the hosts, we all have our different preferred ones. Yeah. Chris likes Twitter. Yeah. Chad likes Discord. Mm-hmm. I like the Facebook group. So it's not like we're stretched across all of them. We may be on all of them, but we're not all stretched thin. Oh, and I will also say on the Discord group, because I kind of do the Discord thing, it's a bunch of booters, and we play video games together. We have chat channels, and whatever popular flavor of the moment comes up, We usually try to get people interested in it, and we get groups of booters together, and it's a lot of fun. Currently, we are doing Warhammer Vermintide 2, so if you like kicking rat teeth in, come and join the Rats channel. 
Cool. Check out our website for all that stuff, fearoftheboot.com. And other than that, have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. See ya. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2019. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.